Waiting is the theme at the heart of this season. We're waiting for something to happen. And the Advent theme of waiting is one that I think is worth giving time to. Just waiting for a moment. <laughs> we had a good little illustration this, this week, didn't we, of, uh, of those that had been waiting to hear the announcement of the, where the World Cup's going to be held in 2018. And uh, for those of us that were hoping it might be in England, our patience is going to be tested because we're going to have to wait an awful long time. Waiting is what many of us spend a lot of time doing. And in the passage that we read from uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, one of the questions that was being asked is, why are we waiting? And of course this relates to the return of Jesus. Uh, the people writing in the, uh, in the New Testament, uh, it seems obvious to me, believed that Jesus would return in their own lifetime. It seems obvious from Paul's writing and Peter's writing uh, that that is how uh, they understood um, Jesus' return within their own lifetime. And uh, Peter points out that, uh, that some people have been scoffing and saying, you know, where is this coming, he promised. Uh, nothing changes, everything remains the same. Why are we waiting? And that's the question that we begin with. Why are we waiting? And uh, in answering this question, uh, Peter First of all, points out that God operates in a different time zone than we do. A different time zone. That God's time, God's time is not our time. God's time is not our time. God is in his own time zone. He created time for us. Yet sometimes as Christians we want to dictate to God the time zone, don't we? We want to tell God. We want to place God in our time schedule. Instead of realising all our time on earth is given to us by God. We rush from one thing to another. We've gave great importance, don't we, to our timetables. And Peter says, you know, this isn't how it is with God. He says this. He says, don't forget this. Don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. It's a different way of working things out. It's a different way of looking at things. And what I'd like you to do this morning is when I say with the Lord a day is like a thousand years, I'd like you to respond by saying back to me the words in red. Then I'll have a bit of a practice. With the with the Lord with the Lord a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day. Okay. So I might just say that from time to time just to check that you're with me and that you're awake and to see whether you uh, are responding. Of course, Peter bases this verse on that psalm that we read at the beginning of our service where the psalmist says, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it passes by or watch in the night. God lives in eternity and is not limited by the same 
time and space concepts that we are. The funny thing is, we never seem to have enough time, do we? Time always seems to be uh, racing ahead and we always seem to be running out of time and, and rushing around. And of course, in this season of Advent, as we get ready for Christmas, you know, uh, that's, that's the life that we live in, isn't it? You go to the shops and everyone's rushing around and, and they're queuing and waiting. And uh, we never seem to have enough time. And yet, the God that we worship has all the time in the world. As we sang in one of the songs earlier, time is in his hands. Because a day is like a thousand years. We look at time as something always moving forward, don't we? We become geared to schedules and sometimes our schedules take control of us and we try and draw God into our schedules. God, we want you to bless our meeting at this moment in time. God, we want you to show up here and do this when we say so. God, I've got to get married and I have kids. By this time, God, I've got to retire in so many years. And often we limit God because we try to fit him into our timetable. Instead of us fitting into his time scale. Because with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. But when we step out of our time, time zone and uh, enter into God's time zone for a minute, what we get is an eternal perspective rather than our own internal perspective. We see the bigger picture. We found out that actually our God is quite a big God. William Barclay says, It's only against the background of eternity that things appear in their true proportions and assume, assume their real value. You know, I prefer God's time, timing to ours because it seems to me that there's more of it. Peter says, Don't forget this one thing, that with the Lord a day is like a thousand years. That's why I keep asking you to repeat it, because I, I want you to remember this. You know, when your schedules get on top of you, and when, when time just seems to be running out, and you, and you just feel exhausted, and uh, you feel like you haven't got time for anything, to remember, to stop and to pause, and to think about God's time zone and our time zone. And uh, even this morning, you know, we could just take our watches off, couldn't we? We could take our watches off, and we could say, it doesn't really matter. For some people this morning, it will have been a, a little bit of a worry that we didn't start quite on time. Um, one or two hiccups with technical things and communion bread and meant we didn't actually start exactly on time. And who knows, we might not finish on time. Because we've thrown our watches away. And uh, we're, we're entering God's time zone. And there's a freedom in that, isn't there? I don't know about you, sometimes I'd like to throw my diary away. And, uh, and, and all the different things that get put in our diaries. And sometimes, you know, one of the things they, they, they taught us at, at college was to don't be ruled by the diary. Don't let the diary rule you. You know, people put appointments sometimes in your diary and, uh, and, and expect you to be at places at a certain time. And if we do exactly the same with God. And Peter says to the people that are, that are, that are wanting to, to see Jesus return and are scoffing because it hasn't happened, Peter reminds them of this one thing. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. So let's uh, synchronize our watches to God's time 
and they're not ours. And when we do that, uh, we might find it releasing. We might feel that we've been uh, released uh, from the time zone. I've got some of you been sitting, sitting there and thinking, it's, it's okay for Richard, uh, you can say that, but, but I've got to be uh, somewhere tomorrow and I've got to do this by Thursday and I've got to do that. And uh, of course we know that there are things uh, that we have to do. But sometimes just to step back and uh, to remind ourselves um, of God's time zone and how it differs from ours. And how God doesn't always fit in exactly into our time zone. He won't do what we want him to do. That isn't how it works. We're supposed to do what he wants us to do. And sometimes uh, we get it the wrong way around, don't we? And uh, we sometimes, even in our prayers, when we're praying, uh, sometimes it sounds like we're telling God what he ought to be doing, rather than asking God, or pleading with God, or seeking God. And uh, sometimes the, the truth is, um, we, we get that song that we sang with the kids the wrong way around. We make God very small and ourselves very big in the way that we do church, and the way that we relate with God. Uh, God, I'm giving you this time, as if God should be pleased that we've set aside a certain amount of time for him. And God says, well actually, (laughs) I've got time in my hands, you can't give me anything. This is the God that we worship. Because with the Lord a day is like a thousand years. years But we can't stay there forever as much as we would like to. We have to move on because of the pressure of time. And so, it's not only a different time zone, but it's a different way of keeping time. A different time keeping. You see, Peter goes on to to speak about God's speed and ours. God's speed and ours. You see, we're constantly in a rush, aren't we? We're constantly in a hurry. We want things to happen, and there's, a, there's an impatience even within our, within our own lives and the way that we do church. And what we tend to do is, is we bring this kind of way of thinking from the world that we live in. And, and that things have to change quickly, that things have to happen now. This is, this is the way of the world that we live in. And sometimes we bring it into church, and uh, sometimes I think we'd be better if we didn't. Because you see, God's speed is not ours. And this is what Peter goes on to say. Uh, He says this, he says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Now I like this. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. You see, you and I, we thought we knew what slowness was, didn't we? We thought we understand it. You know, slowness is when we're stood in that queue in a supermarket and the person in front of us is chatting away as if they've got all the time in the world. And we're in a hurry. And the person's being too slow. We think we know what slowness is, don't we? But Peter says to the people who are worrying because Jesus hasn't returned, he says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. You see... They misunderstood God not doing what they expected him to do in their time frame as slowness. And if you and I are honest, we've made the same mistake often, haven't we? 
We've prayed for somebody and the prayer hasn't been answered straight away. And we think God is being slow to answer our prayers. But Peter says there's something about understanding God's speed that it isn't the same as ours. Peter says, hang on a minute, you don't get it. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. It's just that you don't understand God's slowness. You're misunderstanding God's slowness. It's a different way of keeping time. If we look at Jesus' life, it's quite surprising, isn't it? Uh, Was Jesus always rushing from one place to another? Did Jesus not have time to stop and to pray? Did Jesus have time for people that were in need? Of course he did. Um, He didn't let anybody else set the agenda. Even at the end of Jesus' life, when they wanted to kill him, they had to fit him with his time scale. That's one of the things that always fascinates me about the Easter story, to see how much in control Jesus is. Because Jesus has time in his hands. And he makes time. Now we talk about making time as if, as if somehow we're going to, going to fit another few minutes into the day, don't we? Uh, when actually Jesus is the author and maker of time. And he wasn't constrained by the time scales that we are. And so, timekeeping. This is how maybe we experience time. Some of us, it may feel more like this, that time passes so quickly and we look at our watches and the time's gone and we've not done what we, uh, what we wanted to do and we've not fitted in as many things as we wanted to do. But the great thing about God's speed and God's time is it's different. It's God's speed and not ours. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. As some under slow, understand slowness. He is patient. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You see, what they misunderstood as God being slow, was actually God's patience. Because he says that God is wanting everybody to come to repentance. So next time, you know, somebody's moving a little bit too slow for you, or things aren't happening quite as, as fast as you would like them to happen, just remember what you see as slowness might actually be somebody being incredibly patient with you. When we are waiting very often... We get frustrated and annoyed and agitated because we live in this world where we expect things to happen within a certain time frame. This is about God's speed and not ours. And many of us, actually, what we need to do is to slow down rather than speed up. We need to wait and actually enjoy the waiting. For most of us, waiting isn't an enjoyable experience. We think of the waiting room in the doctor's surgery or the dentist's surgery or waiting to get into somewhere with a big crowd in front of us. And very often it's a time that's that's stressful. We need to learn to wait on God. So, it's a different way of looking at slowness. God's speed and not our speed. And then finally, God is working to a different timetable than us. It's God's day 
and not ours. Peter says that the day will come, but it's God's timetable. It's not ours. But the day the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Why are we waiting? Well, we're waiting because it's God's time and not ours. God's speed and not ours. And finally, it's God's plan and not ours. You don't hear much about the idea of of Jesus returning now. It's not really a popular theme. Um, you see, in, in Peter's day, when he, was, when, he, when he was writing, the church was being persecuted for their faith, and uh, they were looking forward to the day when Christ would return, so that the persecution of the church would end, and uh, they would be with Jesus again. The reality for us is, one of the reasons why we don't tend to think too much about God returning, is because we're not ready. Uh, it wouldn't fit in with our with our plans and our timescale. If God was to return tomorrow, most of us would be pretty miffed. Let's be honest about it. We'd be pretty miffed. I've, I've got things that I want to do. I've got plans. I've got I, I've got all sorts of things that I want to do. I'm I'm only forty eight. I've got a whole lifetime ahead of me. Uh, you know, I want to see my children grow up and get married and have children. I've got all sorts of plans. Uh, this is my uh, timetable and my plans. And, and, and that's very often how we view life, isn't it? This is our plans, this is what we're going to do, and we're trying to squeeze God in at the end and say, God, can you fit in with my plans? And again, what we're doing is forgetting who God is. Uh, we don't tell God what to do. We don't tell God how to act. We don't tell God when to act. We come to God humbly, uh, repentingly. We come to God uh, recognising that God is God and that we are mere humans. I love that bit in the end of Job, you know, where, where Job actually uh, gets to, after all, all the suffering that he's been through, he actually gets the uh, encounter with God. And uh, there's, there's that lovely little bit in, in the end, in Job uh, 42, when, uh, when he speaks to God. And the way that he speaks to God just reminds us of, uh, of, of who God is. And if I could, uh, if I could just turn to it, I would, uh, I would read it to you. Because it's, just, it's just worth reminding ourselves of what Job actually says when he has an encounter with God. He says this, he says, he said, uh, I know that you can do all things. No plans of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak and I will question you. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Before I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. This is the only way we can approach God. That's the only way we can approach God. When we remember who God is. That he is the creator and author of all of creation. And time is in his hands. And so it's nothing to do with slowness. It's the fact that it is God's day. And uh, as Jesus said on more than one occasion. You know nobody knows the day or the hour. But it is for us to be ready. Part of, part of the Advent theme, of course, is, is, is waiting. And when we're waiting, we're getting ready. We're preparing for Christmas. We're preparing the Christmas services. We're preparing to celebrate Christmas. And we ought to always live 
in a readiness for Christ's return, we shouldn't be surprised. Because we should live as people who are ready for God to return in Jesus. It's not for us to speculate concerning times and dates. There will always be people that do. There will be always those uh, you know, that, that uh, predict um, the timetable that God will return. But in Advent, the message is always to be patient. The message is that it is God's day and not our day. The end of the world is near. Uh, It's certainly nearer than it was yesterday and the day before. But we don't need to worry about that. We don't need to concern ourselves. We can go on the internet and find all sorts of speculations and groups that are predicting that the end of the world will come here and the end of the world will come then. And uh, we don't need to concern ourselves. Why? Because it's God's plan. And uh, God isn't being slow. He's just being very patient. And he will return in his own time. So it's a different time zone. It's God's time and not ours. It's a different way of keeping time. It's God's speed and not ours. And it's a different timetable. It's God's day and not ours. Why? Well... Because with the Lord a day is like a thousand years. And with a thousand years is like a day. Amen.